Welcome to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Why is cable television overflowing with shows about the paranormal? Are these shows worth anything but a pleasant shudder? Why is all this interest, where I should say, where is all this interest going? Hello there and welcome to the 351st edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And uh, those creepy questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So we are we have a very unusual guest tonight, uh, one of one whose work uh, you might be very familiar with. But before we introduce him, it's time once again for our p- weekly paranormal contest. So we weren't live on WOON last week, and the question is from two weeks ago: uh, Where would you find the lake monster known as Hamlet? Well, Scott Gogan, Gogan, am I pronouncing that correctly? Of Uxbridge, Massachusetts, got the right answer. Lake Elsinore, the largest freshwater lake in Southern California. Hamlet has reportedly been seen there since 1884, and the last sighting I'm aware of being in 2006. Reports put Hamlet at 100 feet long with a 30-foot tail and a New England Patriots ball cap. No, I'm just kidding about the ball cap. Oh, well, so this week's question is, uh, what site has been called Russia's Area 51? And be the first to get that right and win a copy of the newest edition of Footsteps in the Attic. By uh, That is my dad's most famous book, or most popular, anyway. Well, we do welcome callers this evening, and our phone numbers uh, locally are from Canada, 401-766-1240, or anywhere in the USA, 800-449-1240. So feel free to give us a call. <clears throat> our guest this evening, Mark F- Phillips, is the executive producer of My Ghost Story, A&E Biography Channel's highest rated series, and the Biography Channel's special Holiday Hauntings. If uh, written... Uh, single-spaced, I guess, on a relatively narrow piece of paper, uh, Mark's list of credits as a show developer, producer, and writer would reach the entire length of North America. Shows include The Protectors for A&E, Inside, a Predator Task Force for Court and True TV, and many, many more all over cable TV, including the Disney Channel, TLC, The Family Channel, NBC, and more. Before founding his own production company, Phillips Films and Television, written with lots of PHs, Mark's credits include uh, work with MGM United Artists and other studios in the U.S. and Canada. He is a native of Durham County in England, a beautiful place, and now lives in Los Angeles. So, Mark... Oh, okay. Okay, well, I was going to give his website. Uh, One of his websites here uh, would be, of course, for the show, uh, biography.com slash TV slash my dash ghost dash story. Uh, Just go to biography.com if that confuses you, and you'll find a link. So, Mark Phillips, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Thanks for having me. Okay, so uh, first of all, congratulations from both of us on your success. I appreciate it. All right, so... uh, You guys are out of Rhode Island, correct? That's correct. Indeed we are. Beautiful place. I love Rhode Island. It's it's small. We're we're small, but we're tough and pretty. <laughs> or at least we like to think so. Yeah. So moving on, um, shows with paranormal themes seem to be multiplying. So uh, why all the interest, in your opinion? I don't think they're multiplying anymore. I think that um, it's pretty saturated out there. Mm. Um, there are a lot of um, uh, programs in and around and about the paranormal because uh, there's a real interest in it. Um, there's uh, there's a fascination with it. Um, some statistics show that seventy uh, percent of the um, of the population believe that there is something else out there. That there's something 
whether it be spiritual or demonic or whatever, a large number of people um, are fascinated by, by the material. I mean, if you think about it, you know, look back over um, fictionalized books and movies and television programming, it's always been a staple. It's just now become uh, obviously a staple in, in, in the world of reality. Uh, some of the shows really work because their um, ghost hunting programs and there's a certain dr drama that is that can be introduced into searching for something, whether it's there or not, uh, whether it's horse hockey or not. You, 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 if you're a good enough producer, you, you, you can make that work. My ghost story is a different kettle of fish. What makes my ghost story work is that um, they're very, very personal stories, and we're the, about the only show on television that really, the only paranormal sh program on television that that, uh, that approaches the material from that point of view, where we find just regular, honest-to-goodness, everyday folk who've had this <coughs> experience and they, they can't kind of get it out of their system, and so they have gone to the effort of, of capturing some kind of evidence that proves th that their experience in, was real. At least it was real to them. And that's the essence of how my, my ghost story works, is what we do is we have real people who have a story to tell, and then they have some kind of evidence to show us that says, look, this really happened to me. And in, and in all of the stories, there are, there are, there are two storytellers, so each, each storyteller's story complements the other. And then the evidence and the, um, the, uh, uh, the extra film material that we take at the, at the location of, of this experience kind of brings it all together. But at the very heart of it, the very the very narrative spine of the show is that it's real people with a personal story to tell, and that's gripping. Hmm. If you look at the um, programming on A&E Bio, a lot of it follows that course. Uh, Sunday nights for, for many years have been occupied by a show called I Survive, and, you know, it's stories of, real stories of people who have literally cheated death and it, it's so personal that it's it, 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 it's very very gripping in fact when I first went to uh, A&E with this particular show idea and and they finally signed off and it took them a while to sign off on it they said follow formula of I survived hmm. um, they actually said follow the look and the formula of I survived I followed the look the initial uh, the initial pilot, which was a, uh, actually a special that aired in um, on Halloween of 2008. And as I was delivering it, I, I'm saying to myself, "I don't like the show. It doesn't look like my kind of show. It doesn't look like the." If I try to give the programming that I do a really interesting, provocative look, and it just it, it didn't. It looked like I survived, but with people telling a ghost story. It did a very, very good number, and um, 
that the, the head of the network wasn't happy with what it looked like. Uh, duh. <laughs> uh, so um, my uh, my guru at the network said, you know, give Mark another shot. Uh, he wasn't happy with it either, and he had to deliver it a little, a little too quickly. So let's let's let him develop it out the way he wants to do it, which they did. They gave me a lot more time, and um, the second one um, looked great, and and again it did great ratings. Then it's been a series. Okay. It sounds like you really humanize your show. Like, is that like the goal of it? Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, that's good. Sto- that's good storytelling. That's uh, a very good way to put it. Humanize it, absolutely. Yeah. All right, now, Mark. Um, let's get let's get into this now. Uh, now we love you. You know that. Okay. Uh, but when oh. when your staff approached us about having you on the show, and we duly warned your guy that we are very critical of most modern paranormal programming because it panders in our... I don't blame you. Yeah, no, exactly. No, I think we're going to be more in agreement here than we think we, we are. Because in our opinion, it panders to all those who completely miss the point of the paranormal. And, and usually we take no prisoners. But we asked you to be on because I thought um, there's something different about you. I don't know, we'll... we'll get into that too but anyway that being said uh, i watched uh, the episode of my ghost story that was on last thursday uh you know and i must admit i found it very interesting uh now naturally you have the you know this spooky music and the fast pace and all that i mean you're in the entertainment business after all that's understandable um i know that's part of the value certainly of that uh but it struck me as being quite well presented actually now, as a researcher in this field for 42 years, I must say that I recognized a number of factors in some of these cases, and that rather surprised me. There was a segment about a young man who believed he was under demonic influence and kept dreaming of and feeling the presence of a pig-like entity, uh, what we would call a parasite. Uh, and that took me back to when I was studying for the priesthood and working with exorcists, because that piggish archetype turned up more than once in that early work, and that rather surprised me in your show. Right. Yeah, the, the mother protecting the newborn baby and the family from the parasite is a textbook ancestor phenomenon for us. And uh, I recognize that. Now, Ben watched a different show. He may have his own comments. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I watched it and I was like, oh, I was like expecting it to be like a normal goofy ghost hunting show. And then I looked and I was like, oh, wow, this isn't what I thought it would be because I, I should have actually let, thought about it. Let the me tell you, if I, if I see one more show, with somebody sticking a whatever meter into some dark <laughs> corner of a house, yeah. I, I really want to. I, I, I want to run away screaming. Oh, tell us about it, Mark. Tell us. Oh, about yes, it. yes. Well, oh. I, you, you, you might want to know this. Your, your viewers may be interested in knowing about this. I can't talk too candidly about it, but I, but, but I can tell you this: that I was the hired co-executive producer of Ghost Hunters. Really? For the, fir- for the first two one hours. And um, a great deal of what that show, the formula that it, that, that it takes, uh, came about because of, because of me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, was, I was fired from the show. I see. Um, uh, about one, um, six weeks after I was hired, I, I delivered the material for the first two hours. And, and, I, I mean, I took the job at the time because I, 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 uh, I, I was my company was having a bit of a hard time, and uh, you know, I had a big mortgage and a and a, and, and you know, a, yeah, we know. A, da- yeah. a daughter in private school. I mean, you, you guys understand. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. I had two sons and, in private school. I mean, I ended up 
two weeks later selling my own show, a show called Lie Detector, which I made some very good money on. Mm. So I just have always put it in the past. But that experience of watching those guys and other guys, you know, create drama out of nothing, um, uh, it made me think about how if I was going to do a show in the paranormal arena, because I've always wanted to do this, it made me think of how I was going to do it. Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. It, it took some some years, maybe, um, that was 2004, 2005. Um, but um, what happened was is I, I did this project for... Um, for what was then Court TV, which has since become True TV, it was called mm-hmm. Inside Predator Task Force. And basically, Court TV, knowing that I'd done all these law enforcement shows, approached me and said, "Gee, would you like to? We'd like to do a show about predators because this Dateline Predator thing is just like getting such great numbers." So I went out into the into the cop community, and I and I found out how the cops really did it because that's not how they do it on. That Dateline Predator. I found out how they really did it, mm-hmm. and then I brought the show business kind of elements to it, and we created this incredible. It's one of the shows that I'm most proud of, and it got a huge number on um, on on Court TV. Uh, we actually arrested and convicted 15 child predators, and one of them was a cop. It was an amazingly wow. dramatic program. That's what you call got, public service, mm-hmm. exactly. And it got fabulous. It got fabulous ratings. And somebody at A and E saw it and said, "Wow, this is good sticky television." That's that's A and E's phrase. Yeah, <laughs> sticky good, stick, good sticky television. And they got a hold of me and said, "Gee, would you like to do something for us?" And you know, that's how my, my ghost story came came about. I actually called it initially "Hauntings Revealed" because this whole business of the evidence was so important to me. But they came back to me and said. No, we want to call it My Ghost Story. And as soon as I heard that, like a big bell went off my head. It's like, wow, these people are smart. I always say that uh, that um, the uh, that working for A&E, it's like working for the Rolls Royce of, uh, of cable networks. They, they so know what their brands are. Yeah. And, mm. and specifically with bio, they know what their brand is. I mean, how smart is that? My Ghost Story. It's so yeah, I see what you mean. But it, but, it, yeah. but, it, but it tells exactly what it is, that personal story, get mm-hmm. behind the personal story of just an everyday person. Yeah, I've never works. worked with them. I've worked with history, discovery, and travel, but, but never them. They seem like they're, <laughs> they're kind of head and shoulders in some ways above above that. Um, let me ask you this. I, I don't know. As as you have indicated, you seem to be just as sick as we are of the, uh, duh, did you hear that kind of approach. Exactly. Right. Yeah. So, uh, but one thing I must say, and this is not your fault. This is the. Uh, do we, we, we have a caller? No. Oh, okay. Heard the phone ring. But uh, we, we had a situation where uh, you know we were looking at at your show, and um, I like the presentation personally. I like uh, I like the format, but some of the people. Um, they, they certainly came across as very sincere, but I just—it's a little disappointing that—and this is this is no one's fault because we're voices crying in the wilderness on this. It—it's th- their own understanding of this is very shallow. I mean, they offer no explanations for any of this beyond the two-dimensional 19th-century spiritualism that everybody accepts as doctrine. 
uh, ghosts are spirits of the dead. The paranormal is all about life and death. If it's not a human spirit, that must be a demon, a servant of the devil, a da 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 Stuff that in day one, in my first case in 1971, I began to question because it wasn't good enough. Um, I don't know. I, I just wish that someone would go deeper because th- there was so much more to this. I mean, am, am I wrong? I mean, judging from the uh, listenership of this show, there are a lot of people who are intelligent or interested in the subject and are turned off by what you and I are just, you know, saying we're turned off by. But what are your thoughts on this? I mean, where is Hollywood going to go in the future well, with this? Um, the storytellers in our show um, are just reg- I said this earlier, just normal regular folk. Oh, exactly. And, yeah. and, I'm, and, I'm, and I'm sure that they don't have the um, in-depth knowledge that you have on this subject. I don't have the in-depth knowledge that you have on this subject. I'm sure they're, I mean, that whole thing about the parasite that you were talking about earlier, wow, that's news to me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and believe me, I, I, I'll take something away from this from this uh, interview like I've taken nothing away before in the past. But that brings me back around to how our storytellers are just regular people. But, you know, when I see... The other day I was at the studio, we are taping a, a, a sequence, and I'm in the control room, I'm looking at the monitor, and there, lo and behold, there's a, um, a, a, a lady cop sitting there telling her story. Mm-hmm. And then I learned not only, because she's in her, in uniform, not only is she a, a cop, but she's the chief of police of a small town. Hmm. Now think of what it took. Forget about her knowledge of paranormal. Think about her life. Think about what it took for somebody of that stature to come on television and tell their story because they truly believe it and they want to share it. Yeah. Because in, 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 in a way, they're, they're tempting people to look at her and say that she's going to be less of a police chief because she had this experience. Because uh, that happens to us a lot where people say, you know, what, I had this experience. Listen to these EDPs that they captured and look at these pictures that they captured. But I'm not going on television. I'm not going to be talking about this. People are going to think I'm crazy. Sure. So, um, you know, I I I I hear what you're saying. Um, you know, maybe maybe there's another show in digging really deep and being extremely scientific in terms of analyzing phenomena. But that's not my ghost story. Oh no, my ghost no, story I understand. Is a very I understand. pure. It's a very pure, simple format that allows regular people to tell their stories. No, now, exactly we do, not. from yeah. time to time, have actual ghost hunters on the show uh, or ghost investigators, <coughs> or paranormal investigators, as I, as I like to be referred to, right. simply because somebody has had this experience and they keep having it over and over and over again and, you know, maybe they... There's some security camera footage that they've caught or whatever. But then they take the next step and they call somebody. They call an investigator and say, can you come to my home and tell me what the hell is going on? And then the investigator goes in and he has the, the same experience that actually captures some 
fantastic evidence. So now the person who originally had the uh, experience and the investigator become the two storytellers for the show. That happens. That ha- that happens. Uh, you know, fairly often on our show. Mm-hmm. But if, if I had my druthers, it would always be just regular folks telling their stories. Because if you want a ghost hunting show, there's all kinds of other alternatives on sure. television. Oh no, I, I didn't mean to be critical of of the people. No, you know, I, 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 the sincerity I comes right across. Yeah, yeah, it, it does. You know, one thing, to, and, and Ben, I don't know if I mentioned this to you uh, when we uh, talked about this, but before the show, but there was an issue of uh, of the the filmmaker in the particular episode I saw, and uh, you know, within each show there are several segments, of course, with different stories, and this had to do with the filmmaker who was making the silent uh, movie. Oh and, yeah, 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 and the yeah. Uh, he. I remember that story. Yeah, and he he got some some amazing footage of people actually seeming to turn into the characters they were portraying, who were famous actors from days of yore, and um, well, actually and it happened. It happened in the, it happened when the film was was developed, and no one no one can figure out how it happened. It, yeah. it, that, that, that's a bizarre story. I should like to point out though that that story was done. Uh, early in season one, we're now in season three. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I believe our show has come a long way since then, but, but that's, that's a very interesting story. Well, yeah, because I, I recognize that as well. I mean, I've seen, actually, that, that happens all the time in, in filming, if, if you really want to know, but it was very well presented, and most people don't realize that that happens all the time. And the, the, the uh, as we say on this show, the, um, it's it's not explaining the paranormal that's the problem. It's handling the explanations, and uh, I think that was a perfect example of that. Uh, ben, what uh, what was in some? I, I don't know which episode you saw. What were some of the? Oh, um, I I remember the one thing I do remember from it was uh, this guy. He he was living with his fiance and his two kids, and um, he like mo- he moved out of his neighborhood because they were like problems with drugs and things like that. So he moved into this like ni- this nice little uh look like a duplex and like as soon as he did like all this horrible stuff started happening to his family and everything was like really negative and like his house almost caught on fire and it was pretty crazy stuff and i was sitting there and i was like yeah, i've heard i've heard of stuff like this before yeah we've we've dealt with stuff like that where oh, people yeah. were like perfectly happy and then they move into a home and then things just go to hell and and it just it's just interesting because it's the reason why I liked it the most was it's mostly what we deal with. We deal with the people rather than the phenomena itself. I mean, yeah. we deal with the phenomena, but mostly the people because the people are the most important aspect it's in where that. the answers are. Yeah, exactly. Because ultimately, the key to the problem lies within the people. That's that's what we deal with, at least. But that, I, I thought it was very interesting. Then they had Ghost Hunter come in, but then they said little. That he only had like two seconds of like FaceTime, so it didn't really matter. And do too much damage. <laughs> no, I wouldn't. They're, they're, they're I wouldn't say damage, but he didn't run in useless. with like gadgets and stuff. Yeah, it's just one know. guy, which is good. There, there were a number of fi- fine people out yeah. there who were, who are, who have a sincere thirst after knowledge, and yeah, they're really trying to help people. Bad. But the trouble is, you know, they really have no qualifications, and I really cringe when they start to counsel people. But anyway, that, that your show doesn't get into that, Mark. Um, I was going to ask you, Mark, do you? ever encounter people well first first let me ask you how do you find your cases for the show um we have a um uh, a bevy of researchers who 
uh, scour the internet looking for stories. Well, actually, they've contacted people. us from time to time. Now that I think of it, <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. they they might have, they yeah. might have, and um, uh, we have a, um, a we have a lot of people who submit stories to us through the show. Uh, any one of your listeners can go to the uh, bio website, and there's a link there, and uh, and ask you if, if you have a story, and if you have supporting evidence, please get a hold of us, and we get we get a lot of stories that way. Okay, yeah. And um, people, you know, people, people, people come to us, or we reach out, and through various investigation, investigatory groups, we we uh, we find people. Yeah. Uh, but but we're. Um, we're, uh, uh, we do, you know, vet the people. Um, what we do is we have kind of a template of questions that we, we want to know about them and about their background and their, and their story, and we email it to them, and uh, they either answer these questions to us over Skype where they turn a video camera on themselves mm-hmm. and, um, and send us the tape. Um, we then kind of vet their story. They send us their evidence. We vet that. That's good. Um, and um, it, it's surprising. We, I mean, yes, we have people come to us with bogus stories, but you know, we've been do- we've been doing this so long that we we see that coming. We really do. Very there's good. Always a, there's always a reason that somebody wants to uh, wants to claim a ghost story, and 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 claim that what they're showing us on videotape or picture or whatever is 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 real and is a natural phenomena uh, you know it's generally somebody who has a supposedly haunted house that they you know want to charge people to take tours through or a bar or a hotel that wants to become noted for being haunted absolutely so people go and stay there yeah you know you, you really see all of that you, you really see all of that coming oh yeah very good. Um, but, well, uh, but we do vet everything. And, and the process of making the show, um, how we do it is, once we find two good storytellers with um, significant uh, evidence, we then, um, we then fly those storytellers to Los Angeles. And we set them up in a studio. Uh, we, we put them up at a hotel. We then, uh, we then take them to a studio just down the street from our office that we use. And we um, we videotape them telling their story. We shoot it with two cameras. Um, it's shot in a very particular way, so when it's cut together, it has kind of a spooky feel to it. Um, uh, we then, um, once that's completed, we then send a field producer out to the um, location of uh, where this story happened. Uh, that that uh, field producer then shoots uh, a lot of videotape in and around um the location of again where this uh, phenomenon happened uh just not we do not shoot reenactments we don't do that we mm-hmm. uh we just shoot extraneous material and then all that videotape is put into a into a very complicated um editing device called an avid and we have very good editors who who reel through the material and piece it all together Okay, very good. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break. Uh, you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on WON, 1240 AM and com in New England's beautiful Blackstone River Valley, rainy though it be. We'll be right back with our guest, Mark Phillips, executive producer of My Ghost Story. Stay with us. 
Hi, this is Don Brunell inviting you to join me for ON Midday, weekdays from noon to 2, right here on ON 1240 Radio. We've got Gold Cots guests in our daily super quiz. The Midday Show, right here on ON, local radio at its best. Okay, we wanted to remind you about Amazon Kindle Fire, the tremendously popular e-reader among the Kindle family produced by Amazon.com. $199 is a perfect price for all the entertainment <coughs> excuse me, that you get from it. <coughs> Beg your pardon. You can browse titles. You can stream video instantly on Kindle Fire. Well over a million books, newspapers, publications of various kinds, and films, games, you name it, and it's there on Kindle Fire all in color. And, of course, you can start out with a Kindle for as low as $79, and you can also get four of my books. I always plug my own books on the commercial here. Uh, Faces at the Window, Footsteps in the Attic, Turning Home, God, Ghosts, and Human Destiny, and Rhode Island, A Genial History for anybody from our local area who's interested in uh, the history of our state, uh, used in several school districts, I'm, I'm pleased to say. And there we are, Amazon, Kindle Fire. Check it out, Staples and Amazon.com. Okay, we're back behind the paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno here on WOON. And our guest this evening is uh, we're having a fascinating conversation with Mark Phillips, executive producer of My Ghost Story on the A&E Bio Channel or Biography Channel. Check it out, biography.com. So uh, I, we were continuing here about how you get your guests and where the stories come from, how you vet them. And I was going to ask you one thing, Mark, Before I guess maybe Ben has a question too, but I was going to ask you, if you have the same experience or if some of your story uh, tellers have the same experience as we have had over the especially over the past 15 or 20 years and that's running in starting off with ghosts and running into UFOs uh, because we, oddly enough we have seen, we we spend a very long time on cases some, sometimes years and Ben joined us uh, joined me in 05 in this work when he was 13 and uh, somehow that that seems to be happening a lot. I, I don't know. Do you, are you running into that at all with any anybody you're interviewing? No, and it's interesting that you bring that up because I always expected that to happen, but it hmm. it, but it but it hasn't <laughs> for some reason. It just it, it, it hasn't. Well, you know what? I'll tell you why, Mark. I think maybe it is, but people aren't noticing it. You know, we tend to ignore what we don't expect. And as we often suggest, it's often the context of the phenomenon. Um, our particular theories and methods have really, I don't know, are, are different. And it seems that when you have, if you're sitting in your kitchen and uh, some, something wispy floats by and sticks his tongue out at you, okay, aha, ghost. All right. Or if you see Uncle George skipping down the hallway two weeks after his funeral, something like that. But if you see... That sort of thing out in your yard with a silver disc hovering over it. Aha, an alien or a UFO. And in fact, there may be a lot of similarities or even identities between some of these phenomena that just we just don't notice because of the context. I know that that, that seems to be. I mean, we have a case in Connecticut that, that has been going on since '05. It started with some very dramatic what would i guess be called ghost phenomena uh, in our opinion a multiversal phenomena you know people's legs hanging from the ceiling watch you know walking on a surface that's not present in our world and pe- all you name it it was going on finally they started seeing grays in the bedroom ufo's started flying overhead then military aircraft and then there, there seemed to be a secret base near there that we 
haven't quite penetrated yet. Not that not I'm not saying we're going to try, but military personnel were there. I mean, you name it, it, it was there. It was like uh, from from soup to nuts, ghosts to UFOs to to, to armed troops. <laughs> Wow. This is what, if you really look deeply into things, you see that they don't involve one house or one family, but seem, at least in our, our opinion, involve whole areas. I mean, uh, so, but, but nobody has, um, gotten into that with you so far. No, not yet. Okay. Not yet. All right. Well, keep your eyes peeled because it might, might start. Say, to now happen. that you brought it up, I'm going to look out for it. Sure, you should. Okay. Uh, no thanks, Ben. Why don't you, um, did you have a question here for Mark? Uh, you um, like you were I was actually going to ask that. So, never oh, mind. I'm sorry. Okay, all right. Okay, Mark, uh, what's coming up on the show? Well, what um, what future plans do you have, and what are some of the some of the stories you're investigating now? Well, we don't investigate. Okay, well, I mean, what are the stories you're, so you're considering <laughs> putting on the air? Oh, we we have. Um, let me see. We're just starting to produce uh, season three. We don't know how many episodes we're doing yet, but we're. Okay. We have stuff like, um, you know, baby carriage moving on its own, um, uh, footage of a, um, a little, uh, girl ghost playing tag, the usual, you know, black shadows and disembodied yeah. voices. Uh, we have a few more stories that take place on board ships. For some reason, we seem to get a lot of stories about ships. No, that's because of the water. Anything uh, entities, you know, taking yeah. down a victim, ghost trains. We've had a few. Those in the past, I, I love stories about trains. We have another one. Oh, I do. I'm, I'm a train buff uh, from yeah, way back. Full body, full body apparition. Yeah, scratches. And, you know, a woman who um, can clearly see the image of her dead husband, but mm-hmm. the freaky orb. And, yeah, you know, the, the, well, the, the usual is... stuff. But it's always what makes it is, as I explained earlier, is the, the personal stories that are that are. That are attached to it. Absolutely, yeah. You, you, you might want to note that um, a number of um, of my employees on both staff and crew have um, experienced phenomena while uh, working on the show. Mm-hmm. In fact, uh, one of our fuel producers, a shooter by the name of uh, Stephen Bowler, was... Um, Shooting some uh, some video material at a at a location in Orange County, which is just south of Los Angeles, and he was pushed and shoved, and and um, his his camera caught some very freaky um, mists and apparitions in in full HD because we shoot it we shoot we shoot on full HD for my ghost story. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And um, I actually considered. Um, you know, using it as a story, like a story within a story, but I came to the conclusion that it would really be breaking the fourth wall and wouldn't wouldn't fit in with the, with the format of my ghost story. So what we did is we produced it as a special story, and it's you can you can see it at the at the website. Uh, I urge your listeners to visit uh, the bio website. Yeah, at the bio come, at yeah. the bio website, they can actually see full. Uh, they can see full episodes of the show. They can learn when it airs. It airs Saturday nights, by the way, at uh, at ten o'clock Eastern. Mm-hmm. Good. And um, and they can also see that particular testimonial from um, from uh, Steve Bowler. Plus, there are a, a number of other testimonials there, including one from uh, 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 including one from me about just the phenomenon that 
that has been ex- been experienced while working on the program. Interesting. That, that is a story we hear frequently from producers. Uh, I remember when I was working way in days of yore with Father John Nicola, the, the technical advisor for the film The Exorcist. He told me all kinds of stuff that happened on their set. Uh, when they were making that film, which of course yeah, I've was, heard it, I've heard about that. I've yeah, exactly. That. So uh, you know, when it released in '73, but uh, well, one of the things that really started me questioning in the early days was many of the things you described. You know, the, the, the physical manifestations or seemingly physical manifestations are what are, what are generally considered to be spirits. Uh, for example, in 71, uh, I always tell the story of the, the phantom ox cart driver on our first case. Seven of us stood there. Most were seminarians. Stood there, and the thing went right by us 20 feet away. We couldn't see it. We could hear the man yelling. We could hear the whip. We could hear the, the wooden wheels. And um, much as what you've described, uh, phantom trains and things of this kind, are there ghosts of trains, of oxen and wooden wheels and whips and all? And uh, the physicality of it all really started to make me question. And nobody seems to ask these questions, even today, uh, among the people, now, as sincere as they may be, they, they don't seem to ask questions about what what is the nature of this? What is this really a spirit? You know, and uh, and that's why I started to think they weren't good enough. So anyway, hence the frustration. But again, I think with what you do, you do it well, and it, the poignancy of the people really does come across in what I've seen. And I'm going to watch it more often myself. Oh, good. So and I hope your listeners do as well. Yes, yeah, certainly, <laughs> certainly. So in any case, um, Ben, did you? Uh, was there something else you wanted to ask before I asked my next question? Uh, nope. Okay. All right. Have you, um, and I was going to get into things happening possibly on the set, uh, what about you yourself? What What is your own experience with the paranormal? You know, why are you interested in this? Do you have your own story? Um, there was a very talented um, paranormal investigator who approached me probably 20 years ago. His name was Peter James. Oh, well, right, Peter, yep, yep. Uh, Peter passed away, I think. Yeah, a few years, years ago, yeah, like yeah. And he was, he was a very interesting man. And he um, came to my office at the time. At the time, I was working for another producer, like a staff producer. And um, we got to talking, and um, uh, he offered to take me on an investigation into the bowels of uh, the Queen Mary, mm. uh, which is a, um, a very supposedly haunted location. It's a, sh- it's a ship that's parked in the park, docked in the, um, uh, in the harbor in Long Beach, which is just a little south of Los Angeles. So he took me way down into the depths of that boat where most people don't get to go. Uh, down to where the morgue was um, during when the Queen Mary was a troop ship during World War II. Um, thousands and thousands of men died just from sheer heat exhaustion when passing through the Suez Canal. And, um, and of course, it, was a, it, 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 um, it also uh, rammed into and sank another ship at one point. And um, it was a phenomenal experience of passing through hot and cold and the bizarre smells and strange hammering on the, on the side of the hull. And it was just a very weird, crazy experience. And yeah. It took me years to really figure out, gee, 
how does this translate into a television show? Um, but uh, that would be my first experience with it. The first time I ever thought, "Wow, there, there, there's something here, something that I gotta put put my storytelling skills to." But it took me many years to, to figure out figure out how to ha- exactly how to do that. Sure, I have had. Um, I'm going to relate an experience to you. Um, last year, uh, I, I grew up in Tor- Toronto, Canada. I was born in England. I grew up in Toronto, Canada. Mm-hmm. And I was up visiting with my mother, and um, my mother refused to watch my ghost story. It, it's seen in Canada. It's actually seen all over the world. Um, it's seen in Canada, but she refuses to watch it. And... Um, I said, why? She said, Sounds like my wife. Sounds like Ben's mom, yeah. Here's the daylights out of me. And she told me a story. I'll relate it to you as quickly as I can. When we moved to, when we moved to Canada, my father um, uh, was a woman's tailor. He, he, in, in England, at age 11, he became an apprentice tailor, then went into World War II. And he was, but he was a very talented woman's tailor, but he, he really wanted to leave Canada in the uh, 50s because um, he thought it was going downhill. So uh, I was very young at the time. So we moved to Canada, and my but my father couldn't get a job as a, as a woman's tailor um, simply because it was all mechanized. mechanized. I mean, you'd think that he would have investigated that in advance, but I guess he didn't. So he took a job making draperies. And if you know anything about tailoring, if you can, if you can design, cut a pattern, and sew a woman tailored suit, you can make draperies in your sleep. So this brings me to my father died at a very young age. He had a very hard life, and um, he um, made all the drapes in, in our in our home, um, and in my parents' bedroom, there is a small window. But there was wall-to-wall stealing to floor drapes that my father made. And about three years after his death, my mother was lying in bed, and um, she uh, was trying to go to sleep. And all of a sudden, my father walked out from behind these drapes and walked around the bed and knelt by her side and put his head in her lap. And she sat there in bed, stunned for about two minutes and then he disappeared now my mother told me that story mm-hmm. and you have to understand that my mother is as straight as an arrow mm-hmm. I would never have expected I hear ghost stories from people all the time but I would never ever expect that to come out of my mother what a beautiful when story that, when she told me that story it absolutely shocked me yep that's what we find. Everyone, we find two things. Everyone has their story, and nobody tells you everything. Right. And uh, it's it's they're ironic, but both both are true. Um, there, it makes me think of a, of a case we had where the woman was, uh, you know, we uh, I think of the of the case I described with the the baby uh, being protected from the as we say the parasite uh, in in the episode of your show that we saw. Right. And we find the power of ancestors 
whether it be mothers or fathers, or, or we've seen ancestors from generations before come and help people, right. um, even people they don't even know. And uh, I just think it's one of the most beautiful aspects. There are so many beautiful aspects to the paranormal that, that so many of these shows seem to miss. Yeah, I, I'd like to I'd like to point something out right now because when we produce our show, we have such a variety of stories. We wait until we have, you know, 18, 19, 20 stories to choose from, and then we stack five or six stories into an episode. So whenever mm. you watch a full episode of my ghost story, you'll have a very demonic story. You have a story that has a real, another one that'll have a real historical aspect to it. Another one that will be very, very spiritual. Um, another one that'll, that may be about an animal or about some kind of vessel. So, there's a, there's a great deal of variety in the stories. It's nice balance, yeah. Yeah, there's a, there's a balance. And and after my mother told me that, that story, I thought to myself, well, you know, not all our stories are scary, Mom, but I guess when when you're as straight as an arrow like my mother was and she, and she finally came to tell me about this experience, it it was like, whoa. I, did not, I guess now I realize why you don't watch my show, Mom. You know, it's too bad you can't put it on the show. It'd be a terrific part of a show, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, one of the I, that- I mean, uh, when she told me the story, there's a little ticker in my mind that said to myself, gee, Mom, do you have any evidence? But I didn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't go there. Yeah, I, didn't go I there. hear you. I hear you. Um, Mark, I was going to ask you, because, of course, this is just pure speculation, where do you think all this is going? All this interest that we described, you know, when we started the show, um, are, are people, you know, are people's spiritualities being challenged or reinforced? We find kind of all of the above. What, what do you think? Where is it all going? Um, I think that soon you're going to see some real scientific. Um, examination of the phenomena because more and more we're learning of you know departments at various schools that are having a sort of a you know a uh, a parent that have a paranormal investigation bent to them and at some point you're going to find I think some really smart people who are, are actually going to try to figure out what, what exactly is it that's going on here? Can we kind of frame it scientifically mm. and, and see what's going on? There's a guy who we did a story with in season one. And very quickly, the story is of a, uh, he's a PhD, he has a PhD in, um, in um, quantum physics. Yeah, yeah. And for a living, he makes um, scientific instruments, laser instruments, for the CIA and for the Pentagon, and for some private contractors as well. And he he was expanding, so he found this um, warehouse in Gardena. Gardena is a 
or an inland community here in Southern California. And um, he set up his security cameras and so forth. And um, one day when checking the security cameras, he noticed that stuff was moving around. Chairs were moving. Instruments on a table were moving in the middle of the night. It's just by unseen hands. Now, this is a guy who is really, really smart. And he saw this happening. And uh, we found out about it. And uh, we had him on the show. It was a great story. And he was a good storyteller. And the, the second storyteller was the man who was an employee at the business that had previously had just left this warehouse. And supposedly, the, the employees of that business wouldn't work at night mm. because of all the activity that was going on there. People were quitting, so they, so they moved. And, and we found this out because we were trying to, you know, get another storyteller. We put them both on. It was a great story. Yeah. But let me make my point. This man is now actively working on creating some kind of, what he, he calls it a full-spectrum camera that will capture what our eye doesn't see, supposedly paranormal activity. Hmm. He showed me some footage that he took from an Amish graveyard that just flipped me out. I, I can't, I've yet to be able to figure out a way to use it in, in, in the show. Um, but you, it, it, it's stuff like that that's going to happen when really, really smart guys see stuff that happens, can explain it, and figure out a way to explain it. Yeah, that's yeah. where I think it's going. Okay. Uh, we have physicists on the show. I'm, Al, off the air, I may ask you for his uh, contact info if, if we haven't had him on the show already. But the thing is that um, there is a dark side to that. I, I don't know if it's, I should call it a dark side, but it, there are many who believe, even scientists sometimes, that, that feel that our science is not really up to dealing with this. Our science is essentially based on the materialism of the Enlightenment, you know, it, it, it'll it'll get you to the moon. It'll build you a highway or a house, but it will not define reality. And uh, what we're dealing with may be outside of the realm of science. Um, I I tend to suspect that perhaps it is, and that science can only reach a certain point. And we, we've got investigators out there, self-appointed and otherwise, straining and sweating to make square pigs fit round holes and things of this kind. I mean, what say you? Um. Wow, you're deep, man. <laughs> uh, just, well, in the end, all, all everything ends in silence. Anyway. Uh, no, I guess I've always believed in our ability to harness uh, our our own intelligence to figure something out. Yeah, well, I, I uh, wish <laughs> I wish you were right. Well, you know, the motto of the show is everything you know is wrong. So <laughs> start from scratch. Anyway, Mark, it has been a, a genuine pleasure to have you on the show, and we, we'd love to have you back as we go. And um, all I can say is uh, we were we were impressed, and mm -hmm. uh, we were surprised that we were impressed. And keep I'm up glad. the good work. Thank you very much, and I hope your uh, your uh, folks uh, tune in to Bio Saturday Night 
Absolutely. Yeah. Why don't you tell us the websites again and, and the times the show was on, just to make sure people know. Well, they can go to the. It, uh, it's on a bio on Saturday nights at ten o'clock. Yeah, that's a and, song. And um, you can you can go to the bio website to um, submit a story if you want, or you can contact us directly at myghoststory at mppt tv. That's myghoststory at mppt tv. That's M is in Mark, P is in Phillips, P is in Phillips. Okay, very good. There's my plug, and I appreciate you allowing me to do that. Oh, not at all. It's the least we can do for you. So uh, continue the great work, and we'll uh, we'll talk to you again sometime. I hope so. Very good. All right. Bye now. Okay, bye-bye. Goodbye. Okay, folks, Mark Phillips, executive producer of one of the, one of the better shows on the Biography Channel, um, My Ghost Story. Okay, so we are coming to the end of our hour here, and we wanted to remind you, that you can find out more about us, our future guests, our past guests, and what's going on with our own schedule. We're a bit, we've been out on the lecture circuit a lot lately, Ben and I have. Uh, BehindTheParanormal.com. You can also buy my books on the site. You can subscribe to our newsletter, or you can apply to become a show reporter as well. All right, don't forget, we also have nearly 400 free podcasts of our shows available at www.BehindTheParanormal.com. That's right, and uh, last night we did our 350th official show. We've also got hours and hours on the Rendlesham case and lots of uh, Internet-only shows that we did in our, our uh, salad days back uh, five years ago, being in our fifth season salad. now. Salad. Salad, you never heard that? No. But, but uh, green. Oh. <laughs> I've heard Queen Elizabeth use that <laughs> phrase here. Oh, yeah. that's, that's good. That's uh, you youngsters. You should use it now and then just to keep it alive. Uh, so anyway, many thanks to our producer, uh, Ben himself, who's uh, been Thank doing you. a fine job here on Mondays uh, as our producer. And we'll see you next Monday, June 11th, right here on WON 1240 AM on ONWorldwide.com. When Ben and I will welcome back retired U.S. Air Force Major Lori Rayfelt and continue to examine the Rendlesham Forest UFO affair from the viewpoints of witnesses who have not really been heard from yet and also uh, to look at re- related paranormal incidents in that area with the witnesses, as I say, who have not really uh, been prominent. So on our regular CBS radio edition on Sunday, June 10th in Boston, Pittsburgh, Detroit, and Seattle, we'll welcome one of my uh, one of the people my dad and I worked with uh, for the past few years, and that's uh, Diane Zeman, who shared her California property with one of the weirdest multiversal creatures we have ever come across. So don't miss that. And uh, we'll leave you this evening with a quote from that old sweetheart Albert Einstein: "Gravitation is not responsible for people falling in love." Thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we'll see you next time. Return to this radio frequency 167 hours from now for another edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno.